first time in uh, a number of years. The stare almost got me, Jimbo, so watch out. That last one was a step. Uh, Pleased to welcome Texas A&M head football coach Jimbo Fisher to the SEC Media Days. Last year, Jimbo led A&M to a number four final national ranking, an Orange Bowl victory over the University of North Carolina. Uh, while playing in the Orange Bowl, he set the world record for the 40-yard dash by head football coach. If you paid attention, uh, after the game, in celebration of the victory, his team chased him with the Gatorade cooler. He won the race, and he stood up on the trophy stand with me talking about he tweaked his hamstring, as I recall. So that was the last time we were together. A division, former Division Three National Player of the Year as a quarterback here at Samford University in Birmingham. He's won a national championship and uh, coach of the year and enjoys spending time with uh, his three sons, Trey, Ethan, and stepson, Keller. Uh, Trey has been a topic of conversation uh, during his recruitment. He's now a quarterback at the University of Tennessee Martin, played a spring season. Ethan, we talk about every year. Uh, Jimbo works with the Fanconi Anemia, uh, a foundation linked to Fanconi Anemia and finding a cure. Kids First Fund, the foundation's raised nearly $11 million in the past 10 years, and the average life expectancy of Fanconi Anemia patients has risen 11 years to the mid-30s since that foundation began. Texas A&M University head football coach Jimbo Fisher. Howdy, everyone. It's great to see you all again. It really is. I mean, it seems like uh, we pulled back in here. I was trying to remember. It seemed like the last time I was here, and I guess it was 18, I think, we come up and we're back up here, but it's great to be with y'all, see y'all. And no matter how, how grumpy I am, sometimes when you interview us after a game or after practice every night, it's still great to see y'all, I promise. But, uh, you know, everything's exciting again. We're getting, as you know, when these, these meetings start, we know that football's right around the corner. Our meetings, our summer workouts, all the things that are going on, the excitement. And uh, like I said, there's nothing like college football. And to be able to bring the fans back this year, the media back this year, get back to some normality is, uh, is something that I know – I think you don't realize what you have till it's gone. And I think when that, when that went away and not being able to walk in Kyle Field and feel 105,000 people screaming and yelling for you or even going on the road and having 100,000 people yelling against you, I mean, you really miss that. And as much as we love playing ball and it's about the players, it is about the fans and the whole experience and nothing like playing in the SEC. It, like I say, it just means more. It definitely does. I mean, the, the life, the excitement, and football is, is part of life in the South, and uh, we're blessed to be a part of something that uh, is really so special. So, you know, very excited about our football team coming up. I uh, feel like we have a very good team. We're making a lot of progress with the culture of our organization. We're getting to where we need to be and starting to be able to compete for championships and compete at the highest levels, which is why we're there and what we were there for. We have a tremendous university, tremendous facilities, tremendous backing by our administration to allow us to do the things we need to do to be successful and have, you know, my arguably the best state in, in all the union as far as being able to uh, – have football players from the state of Texas. High school football is second to none and uh, very blessed to be there. So we're excited to uh, see where we're going to go, what we're going to do, and the challenges that lay forth. Because like I say, you got to keep taking those steps to be who you want to be and how you want to be it and how we handle those situations, how we handle the pressures. And tell our players each and every day, pressure is a privilege. It's a privilege. It means that what you do matters and that you're playing at the highest levels and that you learn to embrace those things. And the way you deal with pressures create day-to-day habits that – allow you to deal with that. You don't worry about the outcomes. You just you develop a process about how you want to practice, create the culture of your organization within your team and your environment, 
and then play each and every day, and every day is a championship. Each and every play is for a championship. Each and every practice is for a championship. Each and every individual thing you do in detail, every meeting is for a championship, and you create those habits. So we're looking forward to taking those next steps. Excited about our football team. Like I say, offense with defense, we special teams return a lot of guys. We talk about the offense and defense, but also very excited about our special teams. All of our specialists return, our returners return. Got a great job of snapping, kicking, punting, returning. We got a great group of guys over there that uh, we think can affect the football game in a lot of ways there. Defensively, there's a lot of guys coming back, a lot of experience. And offensively, very excited about, you know, we lost some linemen. We have one come back, I think, is one of the best ones in the country, if not the best, in Kenyon Green on that side. Uh, I got to replace a great quarterback, but we have some great outstanding guys with Calzada and Haynes King right there that I think are going to be two outstanding guys that are going to compete for a job, and we feel very confident about the offensive lineman. Lost a lot of experience, but the guys we have back coming are very talented, very athletic, very talented, and very knowledgeable. We're very pleased with the spring they had. More importantly, the skilled guys on offense. Top three receivers, your All-American tight end, your, uh, I call your Swiss Army knife, and uh, Anaya Smith, who is one of the best football players I've ever been around, Isaiah Spiller, who's a tremendous back along with the chain. So got those guys around, so that's what you want around when you're replacing uh, a new quarterback. So very excited about that. But looking forward to the future, what goes on and what we do here in the practice. Now quit worrying about results and what we need to do, and we got to get to practice, finish up this summer, and do the things we got to do. Had an outstanding summer. All right, questions? Thank you, Coach Fisher. If you have a question, raise your hand. Emma, Jessica, and Peyton have a microphone. Coach, we're going to start here in the center towards the right aisle. Brett. All right. Brett McMurphy with Stadium Network. Jimbo, Bobby Bowden's been uh, has a terminal <laughs> medical condition. Can you please talk about what he's meant to you as a coach? And yeah, I just spoke with somebody in that in relation to that. And I want to say two things here. I do want to make a couple comments. First is keep Coach Bowden in your prayers. I think he's one of the greatest – not only the greatest football coaches that's ever lived, he's one of the greatest human beings that's ever lived. What he's meant and, what he, and the, the ministry he preaches to his players and what he's meant to not only his players, but to me as a, uh, a mentor, I, like I said, we were, I just talked to him just, I mean, approximately just under a month ago. We had a long conversation on the phones. I call periodically and we stay very close as people don't realize he and I are very close. He's been, I've been a part of their family, I guess, as I say, since 1984 when I started playing with Terry and I used to go to Tallahassee and stay at his house. I used to stay at his house and go watch practices, stay there and listen to him, sit in meetings, sit in the back and watch him organize meetings. I sat in the press box and put a headset on when he used to call games, when I became a first offensive coordinator at Sanford, and listened to him call games and, and how he did things, the things he did for me in my career and how much we've intertwined, you know, with the Birmingham connection, him being from Birmingham, him playing at Howard College, me playing, coming back here and playing for Terry at Sanford and, you know, we both, uh, as I'll say this, there's been two All-American quarterbacks, as I, at my knowledge, unless there's a third one, in Sanford history, Sanford and Howard, myself and Bobby Bowden. I said how, how crazy that is. That my first college game as a coach at Florida State, when I was a head coach, I coached against Sanford. So our lives have, and the Bowden family have intertwined so much. And what they've meant to me and what he, Terry, Tommy, Jeff, I mean all of them, all the whole, fa whole Bowden family, but more, and Ann, but how importantly Bobby was and what he treated me like and when I was coaching under him and what I learned. Uh, it's sad. It really is. But if there's anybody ready to, to be with the good Lord and, and if things come in time, it's him because there's no one that preached the Lord, about the Lord and did more for people in, in that regard. He's one of the great human beings that's ever coached and uh, one of the great coaches that's ever coached. So saying that. Also, I'd like to say something about R.C. Slocum. Keep having his thoughts and prayers. He's doing very well. as He's fighting uh, some, some disease right now that, uh, you know, R.C. is one of the great A&M people, and he's doing a great job, and uh, I think fighting through very well, and I think everything from what we're understanding is going very well, so keep him in your prayers. And I also want to say congratulations to Chris Middleton from last night, NBA champion from A&M. 
played great, a huge role in what they did. And uh, the 26 Olympians that Texas A&M has that are in the Olympics. We have 26 members of Texas A&M University in the Olympics, which is an amazing sight. But uh, I didn't want to get away from that. I was going to mention Coach Bowden here in just a second, but I'm glad you brought it up, Brett. I mean, he's meant everything to me, him and his family and what they've meant. And getting me started in the philosophies I have in coaching. And, you know, people know I was with Coach Saban a lot of years and developed a lot, but my whole background and everything I ever started with and did with and the philosophies I have offensively and a lot of different things still reside with Coach Bowden in Florida State and the things he meant to us. And uh, it, it's very sad, but at the same time, he, he lived a tremendous, tremendous life and affected a lot of great people. Coach, we'll go over here to our left. Olin. Yeah, Olin Buchanan with uh, TexAgs.com. Um, Coach, we know your fourth season at Florida State was pretty special, and as you enter your fourth season at Texas A&M, uh, do, you have any, do you notice any similarities in your program now and your program then? Well, I'm all for it if that's what happens. I promise you that. Uh, uh, but, you know, I think is because I think from the cultural change of you putting how you believe, what you want, how you want to play, the things you want to do into place, I think from that standpoint and the success standpoint we've had, I think there are, there are a lot of similarities. I think, you know, our first, this is our first four, you know, we've had three great classes. This is our fourth class. That group is juniors now. That The first class that we recruited fully. And uh, just a tremendous group of people who understand the culture of how you want to play. And to me, the culture of an organization is the most important thing. The way you walk, the way you talk, the way you think, the way you believe, and the way you go about your day-to-day -day habits and what you truly create in those habits that allow you to be successful in those big situations. And, you know, I think we've done it. Our staff has done a tremendous job recruiting. Our talent level has went up, up, up. And that's not to say anything bad about the guys that are there. But we've, we've got a really, really talented group of guys right now. And uh, we're still recruiting that way. So hopefully that uh, part of it is there. And, it's, you know, it takes time to develop that culture and get everybody else in there. And, you know, where you can say something and walk away and know the players are going to reinforce. Like I say, we just manage a team. We've got to let the players run it. And that's getting to that point now where they, they can finish my sentences. They know what I want to say. We're in a meeting, and I'll bring it up, and I'll say, hey, we need to say, Coach, we got this, this. And, yes, sir, I don't even have to finish it. I mean, so those parts of the program are very similar. Now, hopefully, we do, you know, the results will come when we don't worry about the results. The results will come when we really buy into the day-to-day -day process of how we have to do things to create those habits that allow us to really execute under pressure and take those next steps. But very pleased with the progress we've made, and I'm all for the results. I, I promise you that. Coach, we'll go in the center section, uh, about halfway back, right in front of me. Scott? Hey, Jimbo. Scott Rabelais. Hey, you Scott. Have How you doing, good, buddy? Good. Good to see you. Uh, just a lot of coaches have been asked, what are your thoughts about the proposed 12-team you know, uh, playoff expansion, especially since y'all came so close last year? Well, I'm all for it. I, I think it's, it, it's necessary. I think it's needed. And not just because we finished fifth, but I think – because here's a point I want you to ask. Name me a sport – in any collegiate level, that except for the top five conferences, which is about 60 teams, where the other 60 teams have no chance to win the national championship. There's not a sport that, that in, in, our, in our world that that, is not a, uh, that can't happen. It happens in college football. Those guys have never been in the playoffs from the other conferences if you're not a Power Five conference. From that standpoint, something, you know, I think it's very important. But also I think because of the way conferences are and you're only picking four teams, I think certain teams in certain leagues have big advantages. And I will say this, playing in the SEC, the number of great teams that are there that, you know, can get in a playoff, and you see it in pro football all the time, where the wild card or the team that finished second ends up winning the Super Bowl. That can happen very, very easily. And some people don't think it can. I think it can. I think it's going to be great for the distribution of players in recruiting. 
that you know that you don't have to go to certain schools all the time, that you can distribute the players out when they know your team's making the playoffs. And I think the balance of ta the talent levels will balance out in different areas and different teams and more guys will get great players knowing that we can stay home, we can stay in, and go in the playoff, and we can go win a national championship. I think it's very important for it. I think it's needed, and, I, and I'm, I'm all for it 100%. We'll go over to the right section on the near aisle, the left aisle. Uh, Coach Fisher. Fisher, how are you? Uh, Drew DeArmond, WZZN Radio in Huntsville, Alabama. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you about quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I know you do a great job of developing, developing them, and you've done a great job in your career doing that. What did, you, what did you see in Zach Calzada and in Haynes King when you recruited them, and how big of shoes they have to fill, you know, with Kellen Mond moving on? Well, they're saying that I mean, Kellen played, basically started for four years or three, the whole three years I've been there and his growth and what he's meant to our program and helped changing the culture. And I think hopefully what Kellen, how he prepared, how he grew, and what he did is passed on to those guys. I think that's what great players do. They pass – it's not just the talent level. or the, they, expect, they pass the expectations and how to prepare and how to be a great player. And I think he's educated those guys. I think when you talk about those two guys, Zach is a very talented man, can throw the football very well. But everybody gets caught in his arm. Zach's a really good athlete. He can run around. I think Zach is an NFL talent. I think Haynes King's an NFL talent. I think Haynes can really throw the football. He's tough. He's competitive. He's smart. He can run just like Zach is. Those guys have great minds, and I'm telling you, I was extremely pleased with both of those guys in spring ball. They have great knowledge of what we're doing. They can get the ball to all parts of the field, deep, short, understand what we're doing, understand protections. They have escapability, have creativity. But more importantly, they're great decision makers. They're accurate with the ball but they have an unbelievable competitiveness to them, and they affect the guys around them. I think great quarterbacks have a great effect on guys around them, and they have a presence. And when they get in the huddle, you know that that guy's on our team, we can win. And, and on defense, let's just get the ball back to him, something good's going to happen on offense. Let's just do our job, do what we're supposed to, let him do his job so we can have that ability. And I'm very pleased with both guys, and I think we're in a really, really good situation. I love our room, however, however that situation turns out, but uh, very excited about those guys and their future. We're going to go right down here, front left, Bob. Uh, hey, Jimbo, Bob Holt, Arkansas Democrat. Is yes, that, sir. I guess a while back you were at a booster uh, event. And got I was asked at the, about, I was at the uh, Houston Touchdown Club. Right. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, and you got asked about. You, I, got, I think that I got this right. Where, where you, you were waiting for Nick Saban to retire to beat him, and you're like, I'm paraphrasing again. Hey, we, we're we're going to beat him while he's there. Which I think fans, you know, what coach wouldn't want to say it, but. Did you think that thing got blown out of proportion? Do you have any regrets about that or with some time passing now? Just how do you feel about how that kind of – No, I don't have out? any regrets. That's what we're here for, isn't it? And that why we're here and that why everybody's here. That's what makes this league this league. That's what we expect to do at Texas A&M. And, and saying all that, I have the utmost – Nick and I are friends. We've known each other a long time, coached together. We're from the same world, I mean, if that makes any sense. I have the utmost respect for what he's done, how he's accomplished. He's the standard, and they're the standard of what you have to play to. And that's just like we have a standard when I was at Florida State to go take over the ACC and, and, and go win a national championship. That's our standard here, and you have to play at that standard. And they have set that standard. That's what great teams do. And then you have to, you've got other teams that want to match it, want to accept that challenge to go play at that level and play them and, and be able to compete with them and beat them. We have to play them each and every year. So we're looking forward to playing them. And, but at the same time, have the utmost respect and understand me sitting here saying we want to beat them doesn't beat them. We have to develop the skills, the habits, the practice habits, get the right players in the right place, coach the heck out of them, let them play, and be able to play those games and understand how to play those games. And how you do that is at Kent State is Alabama. 
Colorado is Alabama. New Mexico is Alabama. You play at that standard all the time, so you play big games. That's how we were able to have so much success at Florida State and the rivalry games, the bowl games, the national championship games. Listen, there's a standard you play. That, your opponent has nothing to do with how you play. You play to your standard. The standard is the standard of excellence, and you have to meet that standard. And It doesn't matter who your opponent is. They have set a high standard. We have to play to that standard each and every week. So when we play them, it's like playing another game. You have the respect for them. I have the utmost respect for, for Nick and his program and everything he's done. That's what we're here for, why we're here, and what we expect to be able to do. And that's the way we're going to approach it each and every week. But we can't sit here and say it ain't going to do it. Everybody wants to win. Everybody talks about winning. we got to, we got to you know, practice. Preparation wins games. And being able to not worry about the results. Create no standards each and every day. And, and no matter who your opponent is, it's how you play how you measure yourself, your sense of accomplishment, your sense of, of how you see yourself and what you want to achieve, and do you have the discipline and the self-discipline as a team, as a discipline team, and the self-discipline as an individual player and coach to get where you need to go, and that's what it's about. Coach, we're going to go back over here on the right side in the middle. Right here. Hey, Jimbo. Travis Brown at the Bryan College Station Eagle. Hey, uh, just curious, with a few weeks in on NIL stuff, um, what's your initial takeaways, and do you, is there any parts of it that you see – popping up that might need be looked at or need some regulation to I think it's too early. And, again, there's, there's not enough information for us to know how this is going to affect us. I know this. None of it's going to be equal, just like in pro, in, in pro sports. Certain players get deals. Certain players don't. I'll say this. A lot of our guys are getting a lot of attention. They're getting some deals done from what I understand. And that's one of the great things about living in the state of Texas. The economy of Texas being between right where we're at, between Houston and Dallas, two of the five largest cities in the country. The opportunities, the corporate opportunities for those guys to get represented and having to do the things they need to do is through the roof. And we're having a lot of guys that are in deals right now that are coming through that are making, I think, significant amounts of money, from what I understand, and having opportunities for them in the forefront. And I'm all for them being able to do it. How it affects your team, and everybody's not going to get the same deals. That's what you got to understand. And none of that is fair about what you're going to do. But one of the great advantages we have is that, you know, we're in uh, – we're in the state of Texas, which has a lot of resources, which allows those opportunities for those kids. There's, there's plenty more of them, you know, and uh, the name, image, and likeness thing, and that's a big thing. Heck, some people have been doing name, image, and likeness for a long time. They say, been telling nobody. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Coach. Now we're, now we're all on equal playing field. <laughs> all right, Coach, we're going to go here in the middle section right in front of me, about four rows back. How you doing, Coach? How are you doing? Good. Gerard Hamilton with the Tuscaloosa News. You yes, guys sir host Alabama week six mm -hmm. um, Alabama lost eight starters on offense and they also lost their offensive coordinator you guys are bringing back nine starters on that number one ranked defense how confident are you going into that matchup that you guys can rectify last year's loss and get a victory and why is that well I don't know whether we're confident. we have to go play well we have to be playing well at week six to be able to do that each team has its own identity its own personality has its each team has a one-year life expectancy you got to understand that as soon as you change one person on a team, the whole personality of a team changes. So we have to identify those things that allowed us to be successful last year, continue with the culture of our players, and they reinforce that right now in the offseason, what they're trying to do. And we feel very good about our team. I know Alabama – listen, whoever Alabama puts out there is going to be great players. They're going to be coached very well, and they've got a heck of a team. We're, again, we talk about we're going to have to meet that standard, but we have to meet it week one, two, three, four, and five to have a chance to meet it six. Then when that one's over, we've got to meet it seven, eight, nine, because everybody in this league can play. Everybody's got players. So that standard is there, and hopefully that they raise that bar, that they make us a better team, knowing that we have to play well to be able to play to play with them and be able to come out victorious on them. That's our ultimate goal and what we want to do. So, you know, we feel confident in ourselves, but me sitting here saying that doesn't mean that. They're going to play well. They're going to want to beat us. We're going to want to beat them. And who can do the most work and become the best football team until then is what's going to really make the difference. 
Coach, we're going to go over here to the right and the second row over to our right-hand side. I see you, Mike. I'm going to get that before it's over with. For old time's sake, anyway. <laughs> hey, Jimbo, David Nuno with TechSags.com. Considering last year's success, just uh, explain the vibe of the program right now. Well, I think, you, listen, whenever you do something, somebody tells you, if you do this, this, and this, this will happen. And as it starts to materialize and really starts to come, you really start to understand the benefits of doing things the right way in a certain way with a certain mentality and a certain pressure amount that you put on yourself in practice, not just the physical part, but the mental part. And I think the buy-in for our, universe, our team right now, and I guess the best way is not to ask me, ask our players. Now, from what I've seen in the summer, what I saw in spring, and what I see by the results and the questions and the meetings I have, I feel extremely confident in our guys. But, again, we have to go reestablish that again. And I think we're starting to get the results that we were talking about but we have to conceal there's still another level we have to go to. And I think they buy into that and understand that you know, there's still a lot of work to be done. And, and we, if we do those things, we have a chance to be a very successful football program. Okay, we'll go down front here first, and then we'll head back to Mike. Go ahead, Vince. Hey, Jimbo. Vince Ferrara, 99.1, the sports animal in Knoxville, Tennessee. What would you like in, in Jameer Johnson, a transfer from Tennessee? Well, you watch the film. He played, first of all, he played really well against us. And we were playing with some really good people. There's a guy named Liao running around here y'all going to meet today that's a really, really good player. He's going to make a lot of money at the next level that he, you know, he blocked and did some good things. He's long. He's athletic. He's big. He's played junior college ball. And then he, he started seven or eight games and won that job at left tackle for them in the first year there. I think he's a guy that has a chance to really help us when, you know, it's another experienced guy up front has played SEC ball, has length, has size, has power, and has had a great summer. He's a great guy to be around. He's got a great personality, great work ethic, and been very impressed with his, his offseason workout so far. So I think he's got a chance to really help us. All right, we'll stay over there and go uh, to Mike. Mike Bianchi, Orlando Sentinel. Hey, Coach. How you doing, buddy? Good. I don't know if you've heard this, but there's a report in the Houston Chronicle that, that Texas and Oklahoma are inquiring about joining the SEC. <laughs> I bet they would. <laughs> what, what would you think about something like that? I don't know. I'm just worried about A&M. You know what I mean? Uh, listen, we got the greatest league in ball. So, I mean, you know, that, that's the choices they make or what they do. I don't know, but I don't know how I feel about it. I'm just worried about A&M. I'll control what I want to control here. <laughs> All right, we'll go over here to the right. Coach, alongside the wall. Brent Swarnaman, Houston Chronicle. Accurate to say offensive line is your biggest concern going into the season, and, and how important is it to mix and match those guys as well? Well, yeah, that's a good point. We lost, as you know, we had a great offensive line last year. We gave up four sacks on the year, had almost negative plays, almost zero negative plays, which are huge. You know, giving up those negative plays and sacks and tackles for loss, it's hard to move the football. And we were able to be so good on third down and number two in the country and third down last year and the things we did because we didn't have those penalties or didn't have those uh, negative plays. But definitely replacing those four guys, those guys did a great job. But I really like, I mean, you got Kenyon Green. We moved out to tackle, who I think is one of the best pure football players in America. I really do. I'm very high on him. Luke Matthews at center is another guy who was playing for us who got injured last year, who would have been in the mix big time, who I'm very high on, I think is a very smart intellectual player. Uh, getting Jameer back in there, he's going to be able to fight for one of the tackle positions. I mean, that gives you some great experience there in those three guys. And then Layden Robinson at one of the guards right now, who I'm really high, powerful, one of the most powerful guys I've ever been around. And you saw in the film when he played, uh, has experience, has been around, understands what we do, I think has a chance to be an excellent player. Uh, and at Aki, our, our left guard, I, listen, guys, I'm going to say this one. I've been around a lot of athletic guys in my time. Not many I've been around more athletic than he is. And has power explosion. Now he's got to continue to play as a young redshirt freshman, but this guy has a chance to be a really, really special player in my opinion. And then we got some great guys that we've recruited with a tremendous incoming class and some other guys backing them up. So again, we lost a lot of experience, 
But the guys we have are very, very talented. I mean, very talented, and will all be draft picks, in my opinion, if they, Lord willing, they stay healthy and keep developing like I think they can. So I'm very excited about that. But as you know, that's the continuity. They get five guys to play as one. That's going to be that's the challenge and how quickly they can adapt to that. But they had a great spring. Summer's been going well. And I'm really – that's one of the things I'm the most excited to watch because I know what their ability is. And, and saying this in a crazy way, if that can come together, it can even raise that level of play that we had there. And that's no – knock on anybody we had there's some very very talented guys in that group coach we're going to go right over here on the front row to our right uh mark passwaters with rivals uh brent stole my question on the o-line so uh <laughs> i guess i'll ask about the wide receivers last year by the orange bowl you're basically down to three mm-hmm. uh looks like this year there may be some more can you talk a little bit more about the uh, yeah, i'm excited about this so you talk about our offense when you bring back spiller and a chain at running back Bring out Wiedemeyer's an All-American tight end, and then your top three receivers, because Anaya Smith is a slot receiver, is outstanding, as good as anybody in America, the way you can use him, the things you can do. And then you had uh, Hezekiah outside and Chase Lane, who were playing excellent ball, and they've had great summers. Your top three receivers. All you, when you want to put a new quarterback in, you want all the receivers back, all your tight ends, and all your running backs back. That really helps, and we do. We have guys that made a lot of plays. And then the thing you keep forgetting about, we get Caleb Chapman back. Caleb Chapman's a very healthy guy. If you go back to the Florida game and the early games before that, he had three outstanding games with playing really well. Six foot five guy, it's a legit four four flat guy that can really play. Getting him back is going to give us a big play. Hopefully, you know, you got Moose Muhammad coming back in that thing, Jalen Preston get back in that thing, Devin Price in that green, and Demond Demas, who is having an outstanding spring. So I'm really excited about the potential we have out there. But we've got three guys come back that have outstanding, have been there, know what to do, how to do it, have made plays in big games. We won nine football games with that made a lot of big plays and a lot of key moments who, who got thrown in a fire that they're going to be out there next year ready to play. So I'm excited about that group. And then we've got a young guy named Yul Keith Brown who I'm really, really excited about in that group too, who's uh, as a freshman has done some great things this summer from what I understand. So I'm just excited about that group. Very Feel very good when your quarterback has all those pieces in place. You know guys are going to be where they're supposed to be. It's easy to break in your new quarterbacks because our quarterbacks are very talented. And if those guys do what I think they can do, it's going to make it a lot easier on those guys. Which we'll go over here on our left-hand side on the near aisle. Johnny Ballpark Franks with Franks Media in Nashville. First of all, kind words about Coach Bowden. Uh, You know, some coaches, when expectations rise, they like to downplay those expectations. How can you utilize those high expectations for your squad this year to get them mentally and ready, able to meet their goals this year? You know, I look at myself as a realist. I mean, I don't try to sugarcoat things. I don't try to downplay things. I don't want to, you know, I'm not a braggart about what we are and what we do. And like when I was saying we play in Alabama, I wasn't trying to brag about Alabama. I'm just saying that's our standard. We have to go play. That's what we're in the business to do. And it's the same thing here. I love our football team. And sometimes, you know, it's important to be good, and, and, and it's important for them to know that I think they're good, which I do. I think we have a chance to be a very good football team. Now, we have to go so – me saying it and us wanting it is one thing. Wanting to win doesn't matter. You, you prepare to win. And how we prepare, how we practice, the amount of detail we have, and how we go about things and, and the camaraderie and the chemistry and the culture in which we've created, does it continue and does it continue to grow and even get better? And, you know, like I tell our players each and every day, and expectations come, pressure comes. And when pressure comes, your habits are coming straight to the surface. You can't stop them no matter what they are, what you've done daily. So are you going at every rep, mentally and physically, that you understand every time you run, every time you take a step, it's for a national championship. And you put yourself in that mindset. Because a lot of guys do it physically. They don't do it mentally. Greatest, again, I go back to the greatest statement I ever heard made about ball and finishing a game was about, they asked Michael Jordan, Michael, how do you change at the end of a game? 
What do you do differently? How do, why do you change? How do you change from everybody else? He says, I don't change. Everybody else changes. Every play for me in practice was for an NBA championship. And you saw that in the last dance. People thought he was crazy. People think Tom Brady's crazy too. But them guys win. They put that pressure on themselves of everything they do. And that's what our team has. We want to hit that standard where the standard is a standard. That standard's never going to lower. I can't bring it down in our world right now. All we do is keep bringing a standard down for people to make them feel good. Listen, when you're playing in ball, the standard is a standard. We got to meet that standard every day. And we learn to meet it. That's going to be the habit. So when those big pressure situations come, those big moments come, the expectations come, we don't know any other way to act. And that's what great teams and great programs do, and that's the challenge we still have to get to, and we'll see if we can do it. Coach Fisher, thank you for your time this afternoon. Thank you all.